Jeremiah chapter 18, you'll turn in your Bibles. Boy, we've had some good preaching this week. My, my. Jeremiah chapter 18. I've got to, I'll be glad when we get to heaven. I won't have to wear hearing aids. I won't have to wear glasses. I'll have real teeth. It's bad, isn't it? (laughs) Amen. I have enjoyed being here. Appreciate the good uh, food the ladies have prepared and the good fellowship in the church and all the good preaching. I love you, Pastor. I appreciate him and honored to be here. I don't really think I ought to be here preaching with all those good preachers that preached this week. But it's my time, so amen. Uh, I, I, I think I'll let you stand just for a minute. I'm preaching uh, the sign of the potter's house, and every preacher here has preached it two or three times probably, but they had not got all the juice out of it yet. Amen. Amen. Jeremiah chapter number 18. The word which came unto Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Arise and go down to the potter's house, and there I will cause thee to hear my words. Then I went down to the potter's house, and behold, he wrought a work on the wheels. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hands of the potter, Uh, So he made it again another vessel as seemeth good to the potter to make it. Then uh, the word of the Lord came unto me saying, uh, O house of Israel, cannot I do unto you as this potter saith the Lord? Behold, as the clay is in the potter's hands, uh, so are ye in my hand, O O house of Israel. My heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for your grace and mercy and Father, for being so kind and gracious to us. And Lord, we thank you for your presence uh, in every service. Uh, Lord, in every preacher, and we give you all praise and glory and honor for it. You know the needs of our heart. You know the needs of my heart. I pray that, God, you would touch me, anoint me, the power of the Holy Ghost, that I might preach, God, as you'd have me to. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. As I've already said, everybody here, every preacher, and you've probably heard it preached on uh, time and time again, but uh, it's still good. It's still good. And uh, uh, in, the, in the Scripture, if we uh, sort of sorted out the types in it, why God is the potter and Israel is the clay. But uh, uh, usually when we preach it, we don't deal too much with Israel. We uh, make applications to our time, and Jesus is the potter, and we're the clay. And so I, I want to sort of go that way today and uh, look at it a little bit. But I, I, let me just ask you, uh, especially you preachers, have you ever preached uh, and uh, found out that basically you're preaching to yourself more than anybody else? Uh, I, I, if, you, if you'll just go with me in this, I believe that this message, and God has given Jeremiah 
message after message for the nation of Israel. And uh, 90% of them are warnings, warnings, warnings. And, uh, and God gave this, and of course this is to the nation of Israel, the Bible said so. But I believe there's also a second application of this passage of Scripture. I think this is uh, for Jeremiah. I think it's just for Jeremiah. Now Jeremiah is uh, one of the great prophets. He's not a minor prophet, a major prophet, uh, uh, all of that. But I, I believe he's a special prophet in the eyes of God. Same as uh, uh, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel. Uh, I, I believe when we stand in the, in the presence of the Lord, uh, I, I believe we'll view these great men of God as, as great servants of God. But they are human. Jeremiah's human. Flesh and blood, that's all any of us are. But I believe that God is speaking especially to Jeremiah because uh, uh, Jeremiah may not know it right now, but just about two chapters over, with, over I think he's going to need this message. The message here is a, a warning the nation of Israel as a, as a, as a vessel uh, not to mar the vessel. When we preach to, to us in this scripture, uh, uh, that's basically what we're preaching uh, is that don't mar your vessel. Uh, I, I've noticed during the week there's been several mentioned uh, uh, men mentioned uh, the vessels and how that we are a vessel. Paul was a, a special vessel under the Lord. We're all just vessels. Uh, I'm preaching on that thought, nothing but clay, and that's all we are, nothing but clay. Nothing special about any of us. God, uh, God lifted us up out of the mud banks of this world and saved us by His amazing grace. But just a couple of, of chapters over, uh, in chapter 20, verse 7 through verse number 9, Bible tells us that Jeremiah came to the place and he said, uh, nobody is listening to me preach. Nobody is paying attention. Nothing is happening. Nobody likes me. They despise me. They hate me. Uh, I, I, I believe I'll just quit. I, I believe I'll, I'll just not mention his name again. I, I believe he said, he said, but a fire began to burn on the inside. And I would, I would, I would almost say that this this verse that I read is the fire that started burning. That God said, Jeremiah, I made you for a purpose, and you're fixing to mar the vessel. Well, I don't want to mar the vessel, Amen. I want to just serve God as long as He'll let me, and the way that He'd have have us. Uh, I, in the time that we're living in right now, I'm, I'm satisfied. I'll not be out of order uh, in saying that we all know numbers of preachers in this day and time that have got so upset that nobody's listening, no converts are being made, the churches are not growing, uh, it seems like nobody cares uh, uh, until uh, they're about ready to throw in the towel uh, and quit. Don't mar the vessel. Don't mar the vessel. Uh, I've got about three things, and then I'll get out of the way and let a preacher get up here and preach. 
but uh, uh, let me just look at this for just a few minutes. Uh, uh, the potter, the potter has a purpose for every vessel that he makes. The potter does not just uh, whip out some mud and decide I'll piddle with it a while and may see what comes out. When the potter puts a clay on the wheel, he knows what he has in mind and what he is intending to make and he has a reason for every vessel that he makes. And we are just mud vessels But God's got a plan for every one of us and a purpose for every one of us. Amen. Amen. You say amen real loud because I can't hear. Took my glasses off and I can't even see you. So uh, uh, we're just going to just preach to the wind, I guess. Amen. So uh, uh, the potter has a purpose and, uh, and, and the Lord Jesus has a purpose. When he saved you, when he saved you, young people, God's got a purpose. You may not know what the purpose, more than likely most of you don't, but God has a purpose for your life. God's making a vessel out of you uh, to serve him somehow, somewhere, amen, the way God wants it done. So the potter, the potter has a purpose for the clay that he's making. Uh, I, I, several years ago, and uh, uh, a whole lot of years ago, uh, I went. I, I was knocking on doors, uh, and uh, I knocked on a door, and a man came, and uh, I talked to him for a little while, and he said, "Preacher, doesn't the Bible say?" for the preacher to go to the potter's house. And I said, well, he told Jeremiah to. He said, well, I'm a potter. And he said, if you'll come in, I'll make a vessel for you. So I, I went in and, uh, and I watched him. He, uh, uh, he opened the cooler and reached in and got a little block of, I guess about a pound of clay, wrapped in cellophane, throwed it on the, on the wheel, turned the wheel on, got his hands wet and went to work. And I, I thought, there's more to this than that. So I went home and I got in the encyclopedia and I tried to go all the way back as close as I could get to the time of Jeremiah and see what the potter really had to do back in those days. So first of all, I want to say that the potter uh, has to go. He went into the mud banks of the world to find his mud. Some, uh, he, he got it maybe uh, uh, beside of some creek or beside of some river uh, or, or in a muddy place. I don't know where he got it. But somewhere he knew how to get the mud and he had to go get the mud. That's, that's what happened to you if you don't know that. You're in the mud banks uh, of sin uh, and the potter, the Lord Jesus, came where you was uh, because you couldn't go to him. Uh, he came where you was and dug you out of the mud banks of sin of this world uh, and took you home with him. Now, we ain't got there yet, but we're on our way. Amen. Amen. Also, also uh, uh, the, the potter... The potter would take the clay that he dug out of the mud banks and he would take it back to the potter's house and put it in a mud vat. And, and, and when he got it in the mud vat, the potter would take, would take a paddle and pour water and stir that mud 
to get it to the right consistency where he could make a vessel out of it. Amen. Now the water is a type of the Word of God and I believe the paddle is a type of the preacher of God that God uh, uses to stir the mud vat. And I, 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 don't get mad at me, but we're in God's mud vat right now. Amen. And getting stirred, trying to get enough water in here to get us to the place where God can make a vessel out of us. God's not done with us yet. I like that song a little kid sing. He's not, he's not uh, through with me yet. Ever how it goes, I don't know. Amen. But anyway, the potter uh, takes uh, uh, the clay and puts it in the mud vat, stirs it, works on it. Uh, to try to get it ready, and then uh, when he feels like that it's uh, pretty much ready, uh, he'll take it, just go to the mud vat, and dip out the amount that he knows. I mean, uh, he don't have to weigh it. if He's uh, uh, been at it long enough till he knows what he's going to make. And he knows about how much mud it's going to take to make that vessel. So he takes it out. But just because he takes it out, he's not ready to make a vessel. Because that mud, that mud still has everything in it it had in it when he dug it out of the mud banks. And so he has, he has to clean it. You know, you know, when you start preaching on cleaning the mud, it don't usually go over too good. But the mud has to be cleaned. You cannot make, God will not make a vessel out of dirty mud. Amen. He will clean the mud somehow one way or another. And so I I began to read in the encyclopedia about how that the potter cleans this mud. And, uh, and, And this encyclopedia that I read out of said that he would take at his table and stretch a wire over the table uh, about as as tight as a banjo string, uh, and he would take the mud then and just pass it, uh, take it down, and the the, the wire would come through it as sharp as a two-edged sword. And over and over and over and over and over. I I wonder how, how come we're so hard to clean, that God just has to keep on and keep on and keep on and keep on uh, until the potter can no longer get anything out on the wire. And then uh, he takes the potter, removes the wire, lays the mud on the table, and presses it out and out and out and gets it as thin as he possibly can. And then he gets down in it and starts picking at it. Everything he can find, he picks it out. Now, let me just say something, young people. Sometimes when your pastor gets to picking on you, you think the only reason he, he uh, preached that's because I, I was here today. I, I'm amazed at how many people think that. I, I, I wonder if they think that there's something up here we know who's going to be here and we can get the message just... Or, or we've got a message already laid up here in our hearts. As soon as they come, we're going to jerk it out and hit them with it. God knows exactly what we need. But if God's uh, man starts preaching and picking on you, don't get mad at the, man, at the pastor. Don't get mad at the preacher. Uh, he's just minding God. And, and God is just trying to get you to the place where he can make something out of you. I, I usually when you start picking at it like that, that's when they leave the church. 
They say, well, the preacher's just picking on me. Yeah, he was. The Holy Spirit of God had him a picking on you, trying to get you cleaned up so he can make something out of you. Amen. Because God will not use dirty clay. Amen. So the, 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 the potter takes that clay and just keeps on and keeps on thinning it out to get everything he can out of it. And then he puts it on the wheels to make a vessel. And starts the wheel to turn it and starts uh, working on the clay. Set it in the right place. Get a good foundation on it and uh, get it in the very center of the wheel. And get it, get it to going and I, I put the water on it. You know, I, I watched the potter and, and he never let his hands get the, the least dry. I mean, he dipped them water and, and dipped them. Now that, that, that word of God, we, we'll never make anything outside of the word of God. We've got to have the word of God inside, outside, on top of us, inside of us, before God can ever use us for anything. So that potter, that potter would begin to make a vessel. Bible said this, this vessel that the potter made was marred in the hands of the potter. I don't know, I don't know how bad it was marred, but I do know this. It don't take a whole lot to mar a vessel. It don't take a whole lot to mar your vessel till God can't make out of you what he wants to make. God knows exactly what he wants to make out of you. And he can't use the dirty clay. And so, and so he turns that vessel with one hand inside, if it's a large vessel, a whole hand's inside, and one outside, if it's a small vessel, then he puts his hand down, a fingers inside, fingers on the outside, and, and works it. Uh, I, and uh, you'd be surprised what those fingers feel. I, I had a I had a truck one time, and I had a I had a young man told me that he could paint my truck, and he was a painter. He knew what to do. And so he got his sandpaper and a bucket of water, and he'd dip it in the water, and he'd sand on my truck, uh, and, uh, and and he'd sand, and then he'd wash it off, and he'd look at it, and I'd think, you got it. Now, that's, uh, that's, that's slick. And, and he'd take his hand and slide his hand over it. And he'd say, things you can't see, you can feel. God's got his hand on the clutch. You may not see what's there. The, the world may not see it. Your pastor may not see it. But God can feel it. Everything that's there, he can feel it. He can feel it in your life. God knows it's there. You can't get away from him. He knows it all. Amen. Amen. So, so he said this, this vessel is marred in the hands of the potter. Now, if it is a modern day potter, all he'd have to do is go to the cooler, get out another block of clay and uh, unroll it and slap a little on that and uh, make the vessel. But in Jeremiah's day, he couldn't do that. If he had, if he had a spot on that clay that was, uh, that was marring the, the vessel, he had to get it out. He had to take it out. And whatever's marring your vessel, God wants it out. He cannot make a vessel until it's out. Not just overlooked. 
He will not feel it. Though you can't see it, maybe he, he feels it. He will not leave it and make a vessel out of you. So when he, when he takes that out, uh, he couldn't just go back to the mud vat and get more mud because it hadn't been cleaned. And so he had to go with the mud that he had. And the Bible said that he was going to make another vessel out of it. It seemeth good to the potter. I preached, I preached out of verse number 4 not too long ago on, uh, on he's the God of second chances. And he is. Praise God for that. But I want to just tell you this. If the, if the vessel is marred and he has to take some of the clay out, he can't make the vessel he is intending to make. He makes another vessel as seemeth good to the potter to make it but it'll be a lesser vessel. A lesser vessel. God's got plans. I've wondered myself. I've wondered myself. If I'd, have, if I'd have kept myself perfectly clear, wonder what he'd have made out of me. Wonder what kind of a preacher I'd be today if, uh, if he hadn't had to dig out some impurities. I'm glad he didn't throw the clay away. But he made another vessel that seemeth good to the potter to make it. But it'll always be a lesser vessel. I, I, thought, about, I thought about the preachers today. So many of them are looking around. And they, and they can look out here to these big mag, mega churches. And, and they've, got, they've got thousands in the congregation They've just got everything seem like that they, that they need, everything they want. And here, here are these independent, fundamental, Bible-believing King James preachers. Uh, half time can't even pay the bills. And so they begin to look, hey, God's a forgiving God. Why don't I try that? And some of them are more than you might think, are going in that direction. Got a dear, a dear uh, friend of mine. He was raised an uh, independent, fundamental, Bible-believing Baptist. His daddy was an old-fashioned preacher. And, and he's, a, a, he's a preacher now. But he, but he went under another church, another preacher for a while, and, re, and, and began to see what what going the other way, how many could come in. And so he's pastor now, and, uh, and he has the strobe lights. He has the, he has the artificial smoke coming out. In the con- uh, we, need, we need that smoke, not artificial smoke. We need that real smoke. Amen. I, I like Brother Mays Jackson. You say, I hope it gets so foggy in here we have to have a CNI dog to get out. That's the kind of smoke we need. Amen. But he's got, he got surprised. He don't have the big crowd that he is expecting to have. And I'm satisfied that he's saved. And I'm satisfied God called him to preach. And I'm satisfied in my heart, God had another plan for him. God had a higher plan for him. 
But he chose, he chose to go the other direction. And now, God may have made another vessel out of him, but he ain't near the vessel God is planning to make out of him. The world may look at this crowd out here that's got the crowd, but I want to know if God, if God made another vessel out of them, they're a whole lot littler in the eyes of God than they are in your eyes. God's particular about the clay that he uses. And he's particular about what he does with it. Let me, let me just say also now, I think I'll back up just a minute and mention where I went to see that potter. That potter, that potter took me in and he made a vessel. Did a good job as far as I know. But when he took me in, he said, now, he said, uh, see that shelf up there? He said, uh, I'm going to make a vessel like that. There was probably a half a dozen or more of them. Every one of them was identical. And probably that is a good seller, I don't know. He said, I'm going to make one of those for you. And he put the clay on, and, worked, and just in a few minutes, he had that vessel, and, 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 he, and he stopped the wheel and put his finger in and pulled a little poor, uh, a poor uh, spout out on the side of it. And he sat there and looked at it, and I looked at it. And I looked up to him on the, on the shelf, and those up on the shelf looked, they look just good and fat and robust. And they just look so good. And the one on the wheel was skinny. I thought to myself, he made a mistake. He, uh, he didn't get it right because it don't look, it, it looks like a skinny vessel and them looks like fat vessels. And he watched me, never said a word to me. But he'd watch me, I'd look up there and I'd look down here. And he watched me. In a few minutes, he walked over to the wheel. And he got down over the wheel and put his mouth as close to the mouth of that vessel. And he went, and that vessel went. I said, do that to me. Lord, do that to me. Do that to my church. Do that to my people. Fill us with the sweet spirit of God that we'll not look like skinny vessels, but we'll look robust and full and ready to go. The potter knows also where that vessel's supposed to go. The potter makes the vessels, I know, to sell, but it's different. It's different than now. Some, uh, some years ago, me and my wife was out at Pigeon Forge, and she wanted to go to the potter's house. So we thought we'd go and watch them make some vessels. We went up there, and they wasn't making no vessels. So we walked around in there and just saw, she picked out a vessel up there, a, a, I, I don't know, I guess a, a, a pot that would hold, what, two pints, maybe three. Wasn't that fat. And I, I, she said, I like that one. And, and I, I picked it up and I turned it up and that thing was 80 bucks. <laughs> but I bought it. I figured she'd use it. 
She set it on the refrigerator and it's still sitting there. But it's pretty. <laughs> it's pretty. But the potter, the potter knows where this is supposed to go. Now, in, 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 like I told you, in this day and time, you go into the potter's house, you pick out the vessel you want, look at the price. If you got the money, go buy it, take it home. But in Jeremiah's day, the potter, when, when somebody come in to buy a vessel, the potter didn't say, look around, see what you can find. He said, uh, need to know something about you. How big are your family? Where do you live? What do you do? And, and just continue to talk to, to the family for a while. And after a while, he would walk over and pick up a vessel and he'd say, this is the one you can have. This one will be good for you. This one will do everything you need it to do. You know, when God makes a preacher, boy, we got, we got so mis, mixed, mixed up. I mean, uh, uh, everybody is filling out resumes, looking on the Internet. They're looking on the Internet for a pastor. Honey, if I had to look on the Internet to find a pastor from my church, I, 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 I don't think I could expect very much. God's got a vessel. God's got a pastor for every church. And he's only got one there at a time. And you don't have to vote on four to find out the right one. I know, I know brother, brother Wells is like me. I've never, I've never filled out a resume. I've never sent one in. Nobody's ever asked for one. First church that I pastored is, uh, Brother Rogers, a member of that first church. Uh, uh, my, my pastor had preached revivals up at Brown's Chapel, and, and uh, I, I started preaching, and they was without a pastor, and and uh, my pastor asked me if I'd be interested in maybe that church. And I, I said, well, I'd go preach in it. And so he called them. I don't know who he talked to. But uh, somehow the communication was mixed up. And, and they had in their mind I was an old retired preacher like I am now. But that was a long time ago. And they simply told, they told my pastor, we don't want him. They... That, I don't know where they got that, but they said, we don't want him. So uh, I didn't go, and uh, I don't know how many more that they listened to, but finally there's one son to come, and they called my pastor and said, we don't have nobody to preach. Would you send that old man over and let him preach for us? So I went over and preached Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night, and I had a church. God knew how to put the vessel in the right place. And it's been that way ever since. God still knows how to put the right vessel in the right place. And God knows whatever church needs in a pastor. God knows. If you want, if you want a pastor for a church, you better talk to God about it. Better go to God, amen. Don't go on the internet, go to God. And God will God'll do that that it needs to be done. Amen. God knows where every one of the pastors ought to go. But we're, uh, we're human. We're just plain human. We're just mud. That's all we are. 
I'm glad I'm saved mud, but I'm still mud. And we're humans. And, and we're, we're prone to get discouraged. We're prone to get down. I just want to say this. We ain't wrong. The world may be filling those churches, but we ain't wrong. The world may think we're wrong, but we ain't wrong. We're still right. We're not a majority. We're a minority. We're, we're, just, we're just a remnant. That's all we are. We're just a remnant. And if I could say this, we're a small remnant. It ain't like it used to be. When my pastor started to, to ordain me, he, uh, he come up to me and he said, Son, I'm sorry for you. This is, this is 50 years ago. He said, I'm sorry for you. And I said, why are you sorry for me? He said, when I started, and that would have, have been 40 years before that. That would have been 90 years ago. He said, when I first started, he said, uh, he said you could, uh, you could uh, have a revival and the church would be full. He said, if you wanted to have a, have a revival in an, old, in an old school building, all you had to do was get a pasteboard box, write revival on it, and set it upside the road, you'd have a house full. And sinners had come. Folks would get saved. He said 50 years ago, he said, it ain't like that now. And 50 years has passed. And it sure ain't like that now. Thank God. Thank God for you, son. But uh, you've got a tough road ahead of you in this day we're living in. We're, we're not wrong just because our crowd is down we're not wrong. It's, it's, not so much, it's not so much what we're doing or what we're not doing. It's the time. I'm not talking about the normal time. I'm talking about the time on God's calendar. He said in the last days, there'd be a great falling away. Now, I want to tell you, he didn't, he's, I don't think he meant there'd be a falling away of, of religion are a falling away of folks in church, but there's a falling away of those that looking for the old paths. There's a falling away of our crowd. They're looking at that other crowd and they're slipping out. I'm amazed, I'm amazed at how many, how many, uh, you know God put parents over children? God put parents over children? And I'm amazed at how many children order their parents around. The children tell their parents, we don't want to go over to that church. That preacher's always preaching and he won't let us dress anyway and he fusses out. We don't want to go over there. We want to go down here to this church and stupid parents will follow their children instead of their children following the parents and they'll go to some... You see, kids... Kids are good and wonderful. I praise God for them. But, but their, their perception is not much longer than the end of their nose. They don't know, they don't know what 10 years down the road is going to do. They don't know whenever they're married and have kids and take them in there that the kids probably never will get saved and will die lost and go to hell. 
It's, it's time, it's time that parents began to rule over their children, amen, and take care of them. The children are still in church, but they're in one of those liberal, compromising, modernistic churches. They want, they want the contemporary services, contemporary preaching, and contemporary music. I know you know what contemporary means, uh, but I'm going to say it anyway. It means like the real thing, but not the real thing. That's what they want. And we're letting them do it. And we're feeling like because they've got the crowd, we're wrong. We're not wrong. We've got the right Bible. We're preaching the right book. We're preaching the right standards. We're preaching the right qualifications. We are not wrong. Preachers, you're not wrong. Even if your crowd is dwindling, it's not that we're wrong. Bible said in the last days, the falling away. He said in the last days, it would get worse and worse and worse. And those are the days we're living in. And oh, what a day it'll be. What a day we're looking for. The blessed hope that the Lord Jesus Christ is coming to take us out. Amen. I want to say, don't mar your vessel. Not for any reason. Do not allow the devil to talk you into marring your vessel. Because if you do, God will have to make something that He didn't intend for you to be. You'll not be that special person that God was building this vessel for. You have no idea what God's got in store for you. I, I know I'm, I'm, not, I'm not much, never have been much. I'm just a country boy. I barely got through high school. And I was so bashful. And my wife was as bashful as I was. If, 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 if the teacher said we were going to give an oral book report, I laid out. I wouldn't go. I'm not talking to all them people. And God called me to preach. And, and when God called me to preach and I surrendered to preach... I, I, I felt in my heart, I, I know you probably don't know nothing about this, but on, on the way to Murphy, North Carolina, you go through the Nantahala Gorge. Have you ever been through there? On the other end of the Nantahala Gorge, on a steep bank, I don't know how a car even gets up there. There's a little bitty church sitting up there. I, I, I understand it's been rebuilt now, but back then it probably wouldn't have set over 25. And I thought to myself... That's about what I'll get. That's about all God can do with me. Is put me back out there somewhere. But God had other plans. And I'll sit down with my wife over and over again and we've wept. Look what God's done for us. I've been allowed to preach revivals and camp meetings and pastor three great churches and I'd have never thought God made the vessel he wanted to make and he put me where he wanted me to be and I still am amazed at what he's doing. 
don't mar your vessel. You have no idea what God's got in store for you. Amen. Praise the Lord. I'm glad, I'm glad God's still making vessels, preacher.